Hello, and welcome back to Dark Stories from the Campfire. Before we begin, I would like to announce that Dark Stories is being published in book form with expanded stories, new endings, and new tales not heard on the podcast. The book would be entitled Beneath These Garden Walls, and will be out this fall, so stay tuned for more details. For this episode, we tell the tale of a traveler who, in the midst of their journey, finds out that not all paths lead to where you want to go. We present to you, the traveler and the guide. The passing of the evening storm had left an airy calm hanging across the shore, heavy and still, while the sun rose above the horizons. The sky, which only a few hours before was dark, violent, and unnatural, was now a clear blue, and the seas, once tempest-tossed, weakly lapped against the edge of the sand, while its waves lazily broke over one another. And it was here, upon the shore, that the traveler found himself, half buried in the glimmering sand. Initially, as consciousness was regained, the traveler did not move, but lay there watching the water recede back into itself, breathing heavily. When at length he finally did lift himself upon his knees, he blinked and for the first time scanned the surrounding environment. The beach was small, actually, only extending inward about twenty or so feet, before being taken over by a field of tall grass, which itself was cut in two by a path lined with rocks, where, at its entrance, a saddled horse stood with a banner of a golden tree leaning against the side. Rising fully to his feet, the traveler quickly reached into his green tunic to verify their requisite gifts, a scroll, and a map had survived the journey. They had. A little wet, of course, but were, to the great relief of the traveler, undamaged. Satisfied, the traveler made his way over to the horse, propped the banner up against his shoulder, and began to ride down the path, away from the sea. For many hours the traveler rode, uneasy, looking from side to side, desperately searching for something. But there was nothing save the grass field surrounding the traveler and his horse. Once again the traveler gripped the gifts inside his tunic, wondering if something had gone wrong, if some part of the ritual had not been amply performed, for the traveler only had till nightfall to reach the city before the gates would close. But before further panic could set in, the traveler noticed another rider coming down opposite the path. The presence of the new rider eased some of the worry that had been building within the traveler, and he quickly rode to meet the stranger. Stopping a few feet from the rider opposite, the traveler at once noticed the stranger was clad in all black, with their face covered, holding a staff of great length, with a lit lantern dangling from its edge. Are, are you to be my guide? asked the traveler after a brief hesitation. Not a word did the stranger answer, only nodded their head. Well, then, the traveler began, reaching into his tunic to draw out the scroll and map. I am to give you these. Again, the guide said not a word, but waved the gifts away before turning the horse back down the path, away from the shore. And the banner, the traveler called out. Am I still in need of that? The guide did not turn around to answer, but continued riding on down the path. Confused, the traveler began to wonder how they were to reach their destination, if the map had been refused. In the end, however, he realized he had no choice but to follow the guide and hope they would find the city before sundown. So with much trepidation, the traveler held on to the banner and rode after the guide. 
The tall grass gradually began to decline in size, giving away to an open meadow with flowers and a light breeze. Birds flew overhead, weaving in and out of the low-hanging clouds, their dark bodies standing in direct contrast to the sky, which once blue was now transformed into a light emerald green with purple streaks jetting throughout. In the distance, a majestic mountain range lay before them, and as they drew closer, the traveler could see small houses spotted against the side of the mountain. The traveler tried as hard as he could to take it all in, for never will he see such a sight again. Little time did the traveler have, however, for his guide kept riding faster, forcing him to push his horse to keep up. Lo, the traveler called out, who but lives in these cottages? In an act that surprised the traveler, the guide briefly slowed down and turned to face his companion. The lost, the guide replied in an almost whisper. So faint was it that the traveler had barely noticed that rider opposite had spoke at all. It was the wind that had caught the words and brought them to him. And no sooner had the words left the mouth of the guide that their horse had been turned back around and they kept traveling towards the opening in the mountain. By the time the traveler and the guide reached the mountain pass, the sun was declining in the west. The wind had begun to pick up, shaking the banner. Growing nervous, the traveler called out to his guide, wondering how much further it might be. The guide neither answered nor acknowledged the question, but merely held the lantern out in front of them as they pushed forth into the darkness of the path. Desperately, the traveler attempted to catch up to his guide to ask the question again but closer, but it was all in vain for the guide simply rode ahead faster. Soon the outside sun had vanished, with only the illumination from the lamp highlighting their surroundings and the path. However, the traveler had fallen so far behind, the light was now but a soft glow in the distance to which he had no choice but to follow. From time to time he could feel hidden fingers, soft and cold, brush up against his shoulders and legs and tug at the banner staff. Whispers filled the silence around him. A few were arguing while others were laughing, and the guide's light from the lantern grew more and more faint until at last it was extinguished, leaving the traveler alone. The mysterious entities the traveler had felt upon his extremities had started to become more aggressive, almost dragging him off the horse. This must be some test, the traveler thought, a slight distraction to test my willpower. More driven than ever, he dug his heels into the horse, yelling for it to go faster. Acquiescing to the commands of the rider, the horse sprinted as fast as possible as frozen air pressed against them, forcing the traveler to cover his face to protect his eyes from freezing over. Though the sleeve barely had a chance to offer protection the traveler sought, for the cold air quickly turned warm and thick, and water splashed up from below. A vast swamp now lay on all sides of the traveler, with thick brown trees that dotted the landscape, having the appearance of being pulled down from the heavy hanging moss lining the crooked branches and a yellow mist emanating from an unknown source high above the rider and his horse, making it impossible to know if it was day or night. Within the dripping moss, small creatures with large, round eyes crawled between the interlacing vines, stopping only so long to watch the rider pass by before resuming their aimless activities. These, however, could only be seen from the periphery, as once the traveler looked directly at the moss, hoping to catch a glimpse, the small creatures would vanish from sight, emerging in a different part of the tree. The traveler pushed this out of his mind as much as possible, focusing instead on proceeding forward, hoping to locate the guide that had abandoned him, 
or at least determine the correct direction in which to be facing to find the city. The path, unfortunately, was no longer visible, having either been washed away or was hidden beneath the water. Stopping his horse, the traveler took a moment to look around. The mountain pass exit had seemingly vanished, for it had only been a few minutes since he entered the swamp, and there was now no indication the opening existed behind him. Add to this, both sides of the swamp were but a mirror image of the other. At length, the traveler decided to continue the way he had been initially facing, but what other choice did he have? For some time he rode through the swamp, never feeling as though any progress was being made, when finally, and with much dismay, the traveler had to admit he was lost, that he would never make it to the city after all. The water underfoot increasingly grew deeper, and by the time the waterline had reached the traveler's feet, the horse refused to move as it could no longer proceed any further. Saddened, the traveler dropped the scroll and map into the water, and watched as both floated into the trees and beyond. For a moment, the thought of also abandoning the banner had also crossed his mind, but quickly resented the idea when he noticed in the distance the faint glow of the guide's lantern. Dropping from the horse, the traveler trudged through the deep water towards the light, each step more frantic than the previous one, as hope rised in him that there was still time to enter the city. After a hundred yards or so, the water level began to drop, making movement easier, till finally the water was less than an ankle deep and the path was once again visible. But once he stepped a foot back on the path, the mist in front of him began to part, revealing a grand tilted windmill that precariously loomed high above him as the wooden frame had long since began to rot due to the water and years of neglect. And hanging next to the entryway was the guide's lantern, swaying back and forth, as though someone had hurriedly just attached it to the hook only moments before. The traveler took a deep breath and placed the banner on the ground and climbed the small staircase that led inside. The room inside was smaller than he would have expected and sparsely furnished, containing only a bed and table, with candles lining the walls. For a brief moment, the traveler felt as though he had been here before, though he couldn't place when. After spending several moments looking about the room and seeing no signs of the guide or what might have happened to them, the traveler turned to leave, only to find the entrance was gone. It was only then the full realization of what was happening to him began to take hold. Seating himself at the table, the traveler wept, for he knew he was never going to leave the room. One by one the candles began to fade, till there was only one remaining and waves of panic and horror swept through the traveler's body. The guide opened his eyes and felt around his chest for his coin purse, grabbing it tight. Beside him on a table lined with fading candles lay the body of the traveler, dead now for almost a week, wrapped in a green cloth. Lifting himself off the bed, the guide approached the body and removed the scroll and map, as well as the small cloth containing the image of the golden tree and let out a sharp whistle. No sooner had this happened when his assistant entered the small room, cleared the table of the candles, and placed the body of the traveler into a box prepared for burial. Once the box was removed from the room, there came a knock at the door. Are you the one they call a psychopomp? The small voice asks once the guide opened the door. The one who guides the souls of the dead to the afterlife. Opening the door wider, The guide nodded that what the guests had assumed was indeed true, and gestured towards them to enter and be seated at the table. 
Only once the guests had been seated at the table did the guide then cross the small room, seating himself opposite. I have a relative, the guest began, that is sick, and we know they have not much time left. It's what needs to be done so we can ensure safe passage to the afterlife. Calmly, the guide explained the ritual and what items are required in order to properly proceed to the city of the dead, saying, Upon the death of your relative, wrap them in a green cloth and bathe them in seawater, for there is much power in water. Then let the body dry in the sand. Once finished, place the scroll and map within the clock, as well as this imprint of a golden tree. Tell your relative that the map and the scroll are to be gifts for their guide and should be presented as such once they meet them on their journey and the golden tree will be their banner so they will be identified as one of the dead and be allowed to enter the city safely. That is to say, before the sun sets and the gates of the city are locked. All this can be done for five gold pieces. The guests quickly paid the guide, thanking them profusely and made their way to the door. But before they had crossed the threshold and stepped out to the rocky path, the guests turned and asked, with this, you promised to deliver them to their final resting spot so their soul might not be lost? Looking at his hand holding the gold pieces, then back up at his guest, the guide said not a word but nodded with an uneven smile.